0: I, I really liked your description of the transition from Daniels to Hmong as being, yeah. and Mitch, of course, a big motorcycle guy, mm-hmm. uh, going from what, Harleys to haagen since you love ice cream so much. <laughs> Purdue University, powering forward. Mitch Daniels putting his Harley in park to make way for
1: Mong Chang and his passion for ice cream. Well, I don't ride a bike, but I do eat a lot of ice cream.
0: The passing of the presidential baton at Purdue and to the man who will now I promise you um, uh, take Purdue to uh, places
1: that uh, no one else uh, could Uh, I say I I pay tribute and say thanks and I give you now the next president of Purdue Dr. Mengsheng it's the highest and most humbling honor to be selected by the Board of Trustees as the next president of Purdue University this place generations of makers, you know, starting here on, on the uh, Wabash and going all the way out to the surface of the moon. Uh, so many makers have been ever grateful, ever true uh, to this special place.
0: Purdue's 13th president, Meng Chang, wired with an engineering mind, a passion for research and technology, and a soft spot for ice cream. Hear his story on this edition of the Business and Beyond podcast. Hello and welcome to the 113th episode of the Business and Beyond podcast presented by PNC. I'm Gary Dick. Meng Chang's journey to president of Purdue University is quite a story. Born in China, he immigrated to the United States from Hong Kong, educated at Stanford and Princeton. But Meng's resume goes far beyond higher education. He holds 25 patents. He co-founded three startups and served as science and technology advisor to the U.S. Secretary of State. And I'm really pleased to be joined on the podcast this week by Purdue University's 13th president, Mung Chang and Mung, thanks for taking the time uh, to join us. How are things in West Lafayette?
1: Oh, uh, doing very well. Thank you, Gary. Good to be here.
0: A little over three months in, and you certainly hit the ground running. We'll talk about a number of the things you have going on there. But you're three months into your your tenure as president. This is a job that comes with it. You know, a lot of stress, a lot of work, and and um, uh, you know, there's a lot to it. Is there a favorite (laughs) part though? Is there something? It can be anything your favorite part of being a university president?
1: Well, I'll give you two favorite parts. How about that? One is uh, when our teams win, (laughs) and we've won a lot. Uh, And two is uh, when I wake up in the morning and I read, uh, our professors have carried out yet another breakthrough in research. That's going to impact our society in a very long-lasting, positive way.
0: Those are two good things. Now, I have to ask you, unfortunately, because I certainly follow the boilers, mm-hmm. but how did you take the loss in the first round of the tournament? That, that
1: had a lot of people had their daubers down. It was disappointing, uh, and uh, it was painful. But look, new day, new morning, new game, new season. And we we'll always remember as well that our student athletes are outstanding students, outstanding athletes, outstanding boilermakers, uh, in fact, uh, we're hosting a reception to thank both women's and men's basketball teams. And they gave us a lot to be proud of as well uh, throughout the whole season. And by the way, isn't it nice that uh, now Zach Eadie has swept six out of six national year?
0: Yeah, indeed. Indeed. And actually, I don't know if you saw it, but uh, I did see something. They already have the odds out. For the national champion next year in men's uh, basketball and produce uh, right in the mix, I think, among five teams uh, among the top. So (laughs) something to look forward to for next year.
1: Well, always we say one brick higher. Uh, And we always have to prepare like a paranoid to play like the underdog, whatever the post says uh, says right now. And uh, the women's team also, by the way, done a a very nice job. Now, uh, we're going to keep going. Uh, and always be aiming higher. Any surprises in your first few months on the job there? Surprises? Well, you know, um, because I'm not new to the university, and we've had a six-month of transition time uh, where I was the president. Uh, So I wouldn't say there's much of surprises. Uh, There's uh, much to celebrate, a lot of joyful moments, a lot of great conversations with boilermakers yeah
0: getting assimilated as you said with the Dean of the School of Engineering there and uh, uh, headed up uh strategic efforts uh, as well at Purdue getting assimilated though as a university president you're at the Westwood the the, the uh, president's uh, home there wife three kids and I think hmm. you're the first president right with kids at at Westwood how's that
1: going? Well, uh, you got to ask them. (laughs) I think (laughs) they are doing well. (laughs) I think they're doing well. And by the way, we just had an Easter egg hunt party last Sunday. Well, it's the week before Easter Sunday, but uh, my wife, Kay, and I, along with outstanding staff leaders and a lot of student volunteers, so we uh, hosted uh, uh, 100 families. These are faculty and staff of the university with young children. Uh, and we had a wonderful time. The weather was great, and they were doing Easter egg hunt. We had to do it in two rounds so that everybody got a chance to collect a lot of eggs. Uh, there's Purdue stickers in it. There's some candies, chocolate in it, and a lot of festivities. And that's all in Westwood. So yeah. uh, it's a great community for families.
0: Yeah. Hey, what you know? Events like that, uh, I know, are fun, but in your role it's it's there's also an element of work to that and you got to be on your game what do you do to relax now as your in your role as mm. university president are there hobbies or, or things you do to just kind of you know decompress
1: oh you know, uh, thank you Gary for reminding me that I also need to occasionally work <laughs> i thought it's all about you know going to dinners and having hosting parties and watching games <laughs> Those are work, by the way, Gary. That's, that, yeah. that is my work. Well, you know, we do a few other things as well, but uh, we've got a great team to work together with. Now, as to my way to relax, well, I play with the kids. Uh, sometimes that's relaxing. Uh, yeah. Sometimes it's taxing. And by the way, I do some running myself. Uh, I'm going to do a running along with student leaders uh, on the Day of Giving, uh, which is uh, the annual one day of the year where we particularly hope that uh, many makers and fans will support our students and our operation to advance students' well-being here. So I'm going to be doing a fundraising run with a lot of students. I've been doing that when I was the dean of engineering college. We're going to do it this year at a bigger scale. Uh, so that's relaxing for me. In fact, that's going to be what they call uh, inauguration uh, day. Usually they have some... Uh, uh, ceremony of one type of another. I thought, you know, running with students—that's uh, ceremonial enough uh, for me. And I also listen to music. Sometimes uh, I, I listen to music while eating ice cream or other snacks at night. Some say it's not very healthy. Just focus on the music. But you know, you ask me how do I how do I have some downtime? Uh, that's another part of that.
0: Yeah. And I know you're an ice cream aficionado. I'm going to ask you about that in a minute, but you were announced as Purdue's 13th president in June of last year. I believe it was June 10, uh, to be exact. What do you remember about Mm. that day or the day that you were told you're the guy, you're going to be the president of Purdue university. What do you remember about that?
1: Well, that day I remember, uh, first of all, it's just such a huge honor, uh, I would say the highest honor in higher education in America because Purdue is very unique, uh, unique in excellence at scale, unique in our values. Uh, Now, I do remember telling my kids that evening and responding to a lot of emails that evening. In fact, I think I responded well over 1,000 emails. It took me actually another two days one by one responding to the wonderful messages I got. And I remember telling, uh, our three kids and, uh, the first one, uh, the eldest one, she insists that was a beautiful mistake. Uh, so,
0: <laughs> a beautiful well, mistake. Yeah, huh? There you
1: go. There you go. Uh, she's in high school now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good. You had uh, a transition time, uh, certainly about six months of transition. You, of course, were at the university. I think you arrived at, at Purdue, what, in 2017?
1: Yes, indeed. Six years ago. Six yeah. years ago. So you were no stranger to Purdue, but
0: uh, you had this transition, obviously, worked closely with Mitch Daniels. Talk about uh, your mm. relationship uh, with Mitch Daniels and and how you would describe mm. Mitch
1: Daniels. Well, Mitch is a transformational visionary leader. And he can do anything he picked to focus on uh, to 100% excellence. I learned a lot from Mitch uh, throughout the past six years, in particular during the second half of last year, uh, where I had the chance to very closely learn from him uh, during the transition time. And uh, Purdue is very blessed to have had the dance decade. uh, And we're honoring uh, Mitch with the naming of the new School of Business as the Mitchell E. Daniels Junior School of Business. I think people started to abbreviate it as DSB, the Daniel School of Business. Now, it's an exciting uh, initiative for the whole university, and it's a very proper and fitting reflection uh, of one of the many uh, fundamental contributions that Mitch has given us.
0: Yeah, I remember uh, you were nice enough to come on the show. Uh, right after you officially took office. And yes, I, I, I first week, your,
1: I remember, on your TV yeah, show.
0: Yeah, and I, I I really liked your description of the transition from Daniels to Hmong as being, mm-hmm. and Mitch, of course, a big motorcycle guy, mm-hmm. uh, going from what? Harley's to Hagen dazs since you love ice cream so much.
1: Uh, that's right. From Harley-Davidson to Hagen uh, it is full continuity, but... Uh, you know, there is a bit of a discontinuity because uh, I don't ride motorcycles, uh, and right. you don't want to see me ride motorcycles. Right. Uh, there's not enough insurance premium to pay for it <laughs> on me or the or the bike, uh, but otherwise it's full continuity. Uh, and uh, it's been great to also just have the team here at Purdue. Uh, uh, it's always the who before the what. You know, that's what I learned serving in washington, d c. what I learned as a starter person. Co-founder and a CEO of, of companies. That's what I learned. Uh, frankly, also as a, a professor, uh, whether it's teaching, you need a whole team, uh, including TAs, teaching assistants, or research. You need your PhD students and postdocs. It's always about the whole team uh, as well. And you know, you you want uh, you want no beautiful mistakes uh, when it comes to the who before the what. By the way, you know, if the tr- any trustee uh, of the university is listening to this. Uh, unlike me, uh, you don't have to listen to my uh, eldest child. Okay, ignore that. <laughs> ignore whatever she ignore she calls a, a beautiful mistake. Uh, it's uh, not.
0: Uh, oh, hey, i have got to ask you too. Your uh, so you like and does. Do you have a favorite
1: ice cream? Uh, no, actually, <clears throat> I frequently um, visit a lot of the local shops here in West Lafayette and Lafayette, uh, and there's some new ones open as well. And depending which shop and which brand, I have my favorite. And I usually, I'm a lazy person. I stick to the favorite. But the favorite varies from brand to brand, shop to shop, because they all sort of have their own specialties.
0: Well, do you have your own ice cream yet? You've got they. Somebody up there is missing hmm. a big opportunity by putting your name on, on some ice cream.
1: <clears throat> well, you know, I don't know uh, whether uh, I, I need to give permission to to use my name on it. Uh, you know, there's the name and image and likeness. <laughs> right, of, right. You know, ice yeah. I, but I would be very honored if there is some kind of a student competition with amazing uh, uh, departments and colleges that touch upon the production of ice cream uh, uh-huh. and the delivery of ice cream services. So if there's any student competition, uh, you know, that I can participate, in, be a judge and, a, you know, uh, a uh, taste uh, uh what would it call those jobs? Uh, a test taster. Yes, uh, yes. Be honored. Uh, you know, Purdue actually once had our own brand of ice cream, and some other really? big tents. Okay. Uh, yeah, Penn yeah.
0: State. I know Penn State's a big ice cream uh, school.
1: Yeah. Uh, don't worry, we're gonna beat them uh, <laughs> with our Purdue uh, golden black flavors. I like it. Hey, you know you mentioned
0: you know business startups and I don't think a lot of people know that you bring that aspect mm. to the job in a big way you were involved in a number of startups you have a number of patents uh so you really have a business side uh, to you talk mm. about that Hmong and and uh, your connection to to business and innovation and entrepreneurship
1: well Gary, first of all um, entrepreneurship is a big deal here at purdue and one of the many transformations that uh, mitch provided us with is elevating you know the whole startup side the whole patent side now on both fronts creating a startup company or getting a intellectual property rights through the patent generation and licensing uh, purdue has uh, made some giant leaps over the past decade Uh, for me you know i I had a number of patents, I think most of which have been licensed by either my own startup companies or large companies. I'm a wireless network engineer, and uh, my inventions were mostly in the communication network space. Uh, So great to see your invention, your algorithm, your system architecture embodied in a way that can become a patent and, more importantly, be licensed and used by the uh, private sector in improving societal benefits. The other part is just generating a startup. Sometimes you say, you know what, I think we've got not only a patent here, we've got a potential business ideas. However, that is a very different game there. And it's a tough one because you need to have a whole team. Again, the who before the what. You need a stable, experienced, complementary skill sets. It's not just the solution. It's not even just the problem is the ability to have the team that can pivot along the way. The PowerPoints will always be wrong. And every day as a startup, you got to be nimble, agile, got to be speedy and try to pivot your way through. Uh, And I'm proud to say that of the three startups that I had when I was at another university, my prior employer, as a faculty, I took some time off to do some startups. And the first one. I was the uh, founding CEO, along with my former students, PhD students, and postdocs. All three of them have become uh, tenured professors at major U.S. research universities, engineering schools, and business schools. But they all look back and say, you know, that was one year of doing startup, and years before that to get it ready, we got investor money, we got the first set of customers, we put the team together, we're in a garage-like office space off of the main street, uh, we pull the trash out every day ourselves, and we were worried every day. We tried to uh, be, be nimble and take the technology to users, and we look back and say, well, now that company, which is still doing well, has served 60 million people, mostly in developing countries, uh, in Latin America and South America. And uh, in that uh, market of South America, uh, there's a lot of digital divide, and our software and our design, our products helped to bridge the digital divide in their 4G and 5G deployment uh, and impacting tens of millions of people's lives in a positive way. And we said, look, it was great to do the research in our lab, the Princeton Edge Lab at that time, but isn't it cool? Isn't it nice that with all the hard work and the teamwork, we're able to actually translate that to change people's lives? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I know your predecessor, Mitch Daniels, I used to make a point of that. I think frequently that research is great, but what does it really mean unless it has an application, unless it has, unless there is that commercialization aspect to it?
1: Look, you know, uh, again, we're not saying that excellence must be in one particular form. We understand most of the time, most of the professors, most of their work are not going to all become startups. Not all of them are going to Uh, impact 60 million people's lives. However, if a portion of that gets the chance to uh, make a difference in the deployment of those fundamental breakthroughs in research, that would be nice. Now, here at Purdue, we have some outstanding faculty members who have, through either patent licensing or their own startup creation, uh, made even bigger, much bigger impact than the one I just described. And uh, it also reinforced a research excellence viewpoint, and that is uh, when you have to touch reality of the world, then you can no longer make certain assumptions that maybe you could make in writing a research article, at least in my area. So the uh, reality of deployment actually force me and my students to be better fundamental researchers. Yeah. You have a lot
0: going on, uh, certainly, and have already uh, taken that head on in your brief time so far as Purdue president. One of them, which I think is fascinating in terms of what it will become and what shape it will take and the impact it can have on Indianapolis, as well as the yeah. entire state of Indiana, and that's the new Purdue in Indianapolis. A big transformation of IUPUI with uh, Indiana University, Indianapolis, and also Purdue indianapolis and you have really been out front on that and your vision for what that can become and that's a that's a main part a part of the west lafayette campus existing in downtown indianapolis but also stretching 63 miles north to west lafayette and this uh this high-tech hard-tech corridor talk about that vision and and why you think uh, it is something that really can happen
1: Well, Gary, uh, since our last conversation about two and a half months ago, we've made further progress, both in terms of Indy and in terms of hard tech corridor for our state of Indiana. So in Indianapolis, there will be, as you said, Purdue University in Indianapolis. It's not a regional university. It is a part, an essential and integral part of the future of Purdue's main campus. Uh, And we will be investing in and partnering with and be together, grow the technology industry in central Indiana. We'll be creating jobs and talents and knowledge, all three at the same time, at a scale with a quality and affordability second to none in the United States. And Indianapolis offers an urban campus setting that is uniquely beneficial to our future students and faculty. So very excited about that. And we're right now in early April, in the middle of completing all the steps needed to make that a reality. Now, that becomes one key element. One could argue one bookend, and then the other bookend being West Lafayette, including Discovery Park District, where we are growing a lot of the private sector investment and creation of jobs. So in between, you got the Lebanon Leap District. Mm -hmm. Now, Governor Holcomb or Secretary Chambers would be able to explain that way better than I could articulate. But there is major Eli Lilly investment already announced, and there's going to be the infrastructure to enable a lot of the tech industries to go there. So now you've got a whole straight line of 63 miles or so, uh, and we call this the hard tech corridor because this is where the virtual and the physical meet and the atoms and the bytes meet, and hard tech means semiconductors and microelectronics. Hard tech means... Act tech and biopharma manufacturing. Hard tech means transportation, aerospace, logistics. So you put those hard tech pillar industries together. It's going to create jobs and opportunities, and will benefit universities like Purdue immensely. And we're here to contribute to make that a reality.
0: And, and you, you seem, you talk about that with a with a passion and a sense of urgency. So yeah. this is something you don't see as kind of pie in the sky, if you will. This is something that you see, that you envision as as happening, and you're ready to get rolling.
1: Uh, well, you know, the, the only uh, pie in the sky are the aerospace industries, innovation, such as Jones and uh, eVTOS and so on. Uh, Gary, look, this is happening. It has been happening uh, over the past couple of years already. It's happening right now on the smart crossroads of America.
0: Yeah, as mentioned earlier, you were dean of the College of Engineering there at Purdue. Also, for a year or so before you took the president's uh, job, uh, executive vice president for a strategic initiative. So you really had an up close, hands on perspective on Purdue's public private partnerships at places like Discovery Park and the Aerospace District and those uh, those types of things. Now. Great example of things going on at the West Lafayette campus. The Skywater Technology talk about semiconductors. That Skywater Technology investment, huge investment, lots of jobs. Talk about Discovery Park, but that because that continues. You know, I've been reporting long enough. I remember when they they broke ground for that a number of years ago. But that is becoming this hub for innovation and in entrepreneurship.
1: Well, absolutely. You know, we work closely with IEDC and, of course, Purdue Research Foundation and the mayors and the county commissioners. Uh, it is really a tangang collaboration here. Discovery Park District in West Lafayette, there is a residential element where we do lab-to-life cutting-edge solutions deployment first in this smart city before any other places. Uh, in America. Uh, For example, Ericsson Saab just announced they're going to do a 5G network Mm -hmm. for airport management at Purdue Airport that's next door to the residential area. And then there is the tech park, if you will. Uh, And you mentioned, uh, yes, Skywater Technologies uh, announced they're going to build a $2 billion semiconductor fab uh, right here. We've got Rolls-Royce, doing a lot of the aerospace work here in their own investment we have got saab building the fuselage uh, here we've got uh, media tech doing semiconductor de- the list goes on and on there are many others ranging from you know food security and ag tech to hypersonics and semiconductors so here's the beautiful part of it gary not only this creates jobs and opportunities you know, and Lafayette is now what number one emerging housing market in the United States. Uh, but also, it makes our professors' research more translatable. Uh, it makes our students' career trajectories even more exciting. And at the end of the day, you need to create jobs and talent at the same time. Without talents and workforce, jobs will, won't come here. But without jobs, talents will stay here. We need yeah. brain in In our state of indiana and well-paid jobs with a career trajectory ready uh and at the same time we need to produce the talent that's needed so we're doing both and we're doing the knowledge creation because i believe that only through innovation can we change the economic equations that's how we go by leaps and bounds into the future. Yeah.
0: Well, you mentioned all of the companies, the relationships that Purdue have uh, has with those companies. Uh, I know just recently, uh, Caterpillar announced uh, they're putting a, uh, an office there at
1: Purdue to continue. Yesterday, that. yes, we had a yeah. ribbon cutting.
0: Yesterday. Yeah, that that relationship. I mean, is that the future? Purdue has always had a big relationship with industry, but now physically locating on or near the campus, and that looks to only grow. So that that relationship between university, the academic side, and the business community would seem to
1: be really a big thing going forward. Absolutely. I always say that, look, there are bigger fabs in semiconductor industry, but are they located on a university campus? So just picture this, right? You've got a student. She wakes up in the morning, turn right, You can go to take the semiconductor degrees program. It doesn't have to be a particular uh, sector. And then she turns right, she goes to take classes. And she turns left from her dorm. She could walk into these industry co-op internship opportunities. And then she's even more motivated to learn. And by the way, she's going to get so many outstanding job offers before even she graduates, right? And then imagine the professor, one day. Uh, have their uh, innovation in their labs, they can just walk down the street. It is a connected community of innovators to say, how about we collaborate and uh, turn that fundamental research breakthrough into productivity. That's the beauty of this co-location and, if you will, uh, densification of the connected tissue among talents of all kinds.
0: The uh, Chips Act uh, that I know was passed in Congress uh, just a few uh, a few months ago, and uh, certainly some high level uh, Secretary of State uh, and others visited mm-hmm. Purdue as part of that. As part of the Chips Act, they're the anticipated connection, right, of these innovation hubs around mm-hmm. the uh, around the country. And I know there's a lot of interest, a lot of speculation that Indiana can indeed be one of these innovation mm-hmm. hubs. Give us your well, perspectives on that.
1: You know, I, I actually, I was just at a dinner meeting with the governor and senator uh, the other night. And, of course, Senator Todd Young, uh, in yep. particular, uh, was uh, one of the co-sponsors of what became known and passed as the Chips and Science Act of 2022. And, yes, so, Indiana, we are number one in per capita manufacturing talents here, right? We have outstanding industries Those I mentioned and many more from biomedical devices to uh, battery innovation and uh, more. So we are in a prime position to be competing for those opportunities, public and private sectors. And by the way, uh, we have, uh, you know, in this uh, in this CHIPS Act, the semiconductor component itself being a leading uh, university in not only the United States, but. Uh, among like-minded partners, uh, countries as well. So we're in a great spot to take the chips and chips plus science, to take it to the next level uh, by contributing education and research and industry partners.
0: The story of your path to America, as well as Purdue, is a a really good one. I wanna dive into that after we uh, take a break here, among on the Business and Beyond podcast, stay with us. Welcome back to the Business and Beyond podcast presented by PNC. My guest this week is Purdue University President Meng Chang, the uh, 13th president uh, at Purdue. And, and Meng, your uh, your path to America, to Purdue, uh, is really a great one. As mentioned earlier, you were born in China, immigrated to Hong Kong, then on to the United States. Give us a, a sample of what life was like for you growing up in particular in China.
1: Well, it's quite clear that America is the greatest nation in human history. And uh, as uh, President Reagan said at Purdue in 1987, that uh, you can learn a language and live in a country somewhere else, or uh, your whole life, and you may not become a person of that country, right? Legally, you're the citizen. But here in America, anybody has that chance to become an American. And this is the greatest nation on the face of the earth and in the history of human being. So my family and I are very blessed to be an American, to be an American family and individually uh, as Americans. And it ties right into what Purdue stands for, right? As a public land grant, we stands for excellence at scale. We stands for opportunities to uplift people's lives, no matter the varied backgrounds. We also, as a university, stands for freedom. And uh, if you look at what uh, makes uh, uh, Purdue University perhaps distinct in many ways, right, is the, the combination of that excellence, at scale and the values of freedom that uh, make Purdue particularly outstanding among many great learning institutions uh, in the country. And I think that is just very, very blessed. To be an American, that,
0: I, I wanted to ask you about that quickly. I know you got to run up against it here, but uh, on the show, I know you you were really passionate and wanted to make that point about your your passion, your pride in being an American, how important that is to you.
1: Well, uh, it's the at the core, it's fundamental. You know, a lot of immigrants, all right, not born in this country, but now proud to be and uh, to be Americans they really appreciate how special, how unique this country is. And, uh, you know, we fly uh, the American flag with great pride uh, at our home, uh, and now th- that's Westwood. Uh, and I always tell my children now, because they are born, they're born in New Jersey, the, the Jersey boys and Jersey girls, uh, uh, <laughs> that, you know, never take it for granted, right? Uh, don't take it for granted. I know that I don't take it for granted the freedom uh, and uh, the prosperity uh, the opportunity uh, that uh, this land provides uh, and uh, you know never lose sight of that and again just proud to be a boilermaker proud to be an american
0: well mong chang it has been a real treat to catch up with you i know uh you've got a run to a meeting now but I do appreciate you taking the time appreciate your leadership as well not only at purdue but for the state of indiana and as you have mentioned on this podcast and other places a lot of potential is uh, out there to grab. I don't know Purdue, and uh, you will also play a big role in. It. So, thanks for joining us.
1: Well, Gary, anytime. Boiler up,
0: <laughs> okay. And thank you for joining us on this edition of the Business and Beyond podcast, presented by PNC. It's a weekly conversation with achievers in business, sports, entertainment, and beyond. And you can download it at Apple or wherever you get your podcasts, and get twenty four seven business news at Inside Indiana Business. I'm Gary Dick. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.